This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Bruchim Aboim B'Shem Hashem. What a great schus it is to be gathered throughout the entire world, learning the Torah of Perkiyavos through Torah Anytime. I would like to thank Torah Anytime for all of their efforts throughout the entire world. May they continue L'Hagdil Torah L'Adira, I would also like to thank Chazak, an organization that is very close to my heart. May they continue their unbelievable efforts. I would like to point out that Rabbi Aboff, that director who makes things happen all over the world, may he continue his groundbreaking work. Our shir is on the second parak, the fifth Mishnah. Our Mishnah says the following, Where there are no people, Strive to be a man. Strive to be a person. The great Rab Chaim Valozhner says, What does it mean? In a place where there is nobody around, in the place where you are alone, nobody knows what you're doing. Be in that place, a person full of Yerashamayim, full of Avas Hashem. Do not even think for one second that nobody sees you, because there is one that always sees, there is one that always knows, there is one that always hears. Boreolam knows what a person is doing in this world. And when Hashem sees that we are careful, even when nobody is around, even when there isn't a yid in miles, Hashem Yisparach has tremendous nachas when we go in the proper way. It's not always easy. There are people that are in far-flung places. There was somebody that wrote me from Manila, and the individual told me that it's very hard. They were listening on uh, Torah anytime. And they were hearing in particular one shear about Sukkos from me. And it was the most interesting thing. They said, I'm celebrating by myself. I try to find out what I do, but sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes I feel like there's no one around. The first thing that I said is, there is always someone around. There is always someone listening and looking and interested in you and this seem lave. And that is the Boreolom. Constantly, Hashem listens to every single person. No one should ever feel that they are alone. Nobody in this world. Hashem Yisbarak says, I am with you. In the worst time, in the lowest time, in the darkest time, in the time of the greatest affliction, Hashem is right there. Hashem is with us. If we don't forget it, then we latch on to the great Hashkocha, to the great divine providence. No matter how far away a person is, they should always remember, Hashem is with us. It's interesting that there was a great tzaddik and happened to be that it was on Lagba Oimer and he felt very bad. He felt so bad because there was no one there and he was in a prison camp and there he began to have Chalisha Sadas. He thought, no one's celebrating. I can't even tell anybody it's Lagba Oimer, nobody would know. It happened to be that he had such Chalisha Sadas he was ready 
in that moment just to say, I give up today. However, Reb Simcha didn't give up. Reb Simcha Bronstein, at the last moment, he started to himself and he started to think, what could I do? While he was thinking, he fell into a deep sleep. And there, in his sleep, believe it or not, as he was worried about the day of Lagwa Omer not celebrating, he pictured himself by the Keva of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Bar Ha'ilula, on Lagba Omer. He was standing by the Kever. Who comes up? None other than his great Rebbe, Rabbi Nachman Meuman, Rabbi Nachman Breslover. And he was so happy. However, he ran over to him and he said, Rebbe, Rebbe, you have forgotten us. You have forgotten us. Look what's happening to me alone in a prison camp. At that moment, Reb Nachman came over to him. He lifted him up. He danced with him. He danced from one corner to the other corner. He was so happy they both rejoiced. It was unbelievable. Reb Simcha Bornstein woke up. He had a little small safer of Reb Nachman that he managed to smuggle in. He opened up the Sefer. And there was the teaching when he opened up to the page. Through dancing, we sweetened the judgments of ourselves and the entire Jewish nation. A person should always remember, if a person thinks, this is difficult for me, Nobody quite understands where I'm at. Nobody quite understands my pain. Know that Hashem does understand. Know that Hashem is sim lev. Just work on emuna. Work on bitachon. Work on being mispalel. Daven do Hashem. Hashem Yisbarach sees everybody. And when Hashem knows, biyadchav kidruchi, I entrust my spirit in your hand, Hashem. You're in charge of me. Then Hashem says, I have to help. This person entrusted me. Think about it for a moment. That is the level of emunah bitochon that an individual has to come to. So no matter where we are at, we should always work on becoming that ish. How interesting it is that Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, Becher Ha'avos, the greatest, Sar HaToyrah, the one that was so dedicated to Torah, the foundation of Torah in this world. Yaakov Avinu, we know that the name of every person tells of the innermost of that individual. If a person has a certain name, there is a reason they have that name. Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir was very careful when he would meet someone, he would look into the name, he would see from that person, if indeed, he should trust the person or not. If the person had a name like Kidor, like a name that was not one of the names that we would ever use, the name of a Rasha Chasushalom, somebody not good, he would not trust them. And there's a whole piece in the Talmud about it. The name is extremely important. How is it that Yaakov Avinu, the Becher HaAvos, the Sar HaToyrah, is called Yaakov? Why is he called Yaakov? Everybody knows. The reason is, is because when Esav was coming out, 
and Yaakov was fighting together with Esav, he grabbed onto the heel of Esav. Esav was the Bukhar. Esav was coming out first, according to the Mepharshim. And he grabbed onto the heel. Just because he grabbed onto the heel, Akev, you call him Yaakov? What's the reason for it? It would seem to be that we could have a more, uh, let us say, fitting name for Yaakov Avinu. Call him a name. A name has to do with Torah, Kedusha, greatness. But Yaakov, the answer is, there is a very important reason. Sometimes when a person is fighting, when a person is like uh, going through something, a challenge, so there comes to a point where they put their arms up and they say, you know what, I'm done. I am so done. I I don't have the patience for this anymore. <laughs> Let somebody else do it. I'm going to pass over the torch. I'm done. I'm finished. How many people? I tried so long. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Hashem says, you're never done. Don't ever think you're done even for a moment. You try every single day for 120 years. Don't you ever give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep in there. Keep in the game. You never can tell the time when you're going to have your nitzachon, your victory. So, what happened? Yaakov realized he struggled with Esav. That they struggled within Rivka Imenu. However, what happened? It came to be that at that moment when Yaakov realized that he's losing, there's one more thing he could do. Human hishtadlus. Maybe the only thing I can do is to grab a hold of the heel of Esav, but at least that I can do. I can grab a hold of it. Because Yosef was the one that continued. He was Moisev. He didn't stop. He continued. And for that, that was considered to be greatness. That was considered to be something that he showed who he is, that he wouldn't stop, that he would not give up. That alone, that he was willing to do it, it showed that he had the power to be menatzeach. Eventually, he was victorious. Eventually, he got the bracha. Why? He shtadlus. He did not give up. He wouldn't throw in the towel. I had somebody that came in, and it happened to be that they heard something that I did on Torah anytime regarding Shidduchim. I never give up. Somebody comes in, I gave up. <laughs> I don't accept it. I'm not macabre. You could go to somebody else and say you gave up, but I won't accept it because I will be mishtadel. I will never, ever stop to be mishtadel for someone who is sincerely interested. I'll be mishtadel. I'd close on that fish. I'll work at it. So the person came in, happened to be a man, and he said, uh, I've tried Shidduchim all over. I've traveled for Shidduchim. I went to Israel for Shidduchim. I traveled the States. I went to England. I tried everything. I did all the schoolists. I did a lot of tefillahs. I got brachos. I did this. I did that. Rebbe, did I not do my share in Hishtadlus? Did I not do as much as... I'm required to do? Is there anything that you think that I didn't do that I still have to do? I promise you, I did everything. So what do you have to tell me? I said, well, I have to tell you. I'll tell you what I have to tell you. Every day, every day, 
there were Yidin in the Holocaust. There was a Yid that graduated, graduated many concentration camps. Rabbi Yossel Friedenson, the editor of the Sidi Shavart, he talked to me one time and told me the diplomas he has. They line his walls, Buchenwald and Auschwitz and Birkenau and Dachau and all the different places. He says, those are my diplomas. Did he ever give up for one day? Did he ever throw in the towel? Did he ever say to the Germans, you won, just take my life? No. He lived with hope. He lived with hope and he graduated. And he left the concentration camps. He went to the displaced person camps. And he finally came to the United States. And he gave out through the Agudas Yisrael so many different magazines over the years filled with Torah, filled with Kedusha, filled with Yerash Shamaim, Dosir Shavot. Did he ever give up for one second? No. So I said to this man, how could you give up? I realize the Tsar, I realize it's tremendous the pain and the anguish that you go through every day. I realize when you go to a Simcha, I realize when you go to a Chuppah, I realize when you see people and everybody's happy and a couple walking down the street in the family. But whoever gave you the right to give up? If the Sheiras played the Yidin didn't give up, and the Yidin in Siberia never gave up, and the Yidin in the Inquisition didn't give up, and the Yidin in Iraq and Syria, in all of the places around the world where Yidin were held, in the worst possible conditions, if they didn't give up, how can you give up? Rebbe says, so what do you suggest I do? I said to him, I want to help you. I want to help you very much. Tell me, what would you be willing to do in order to get a shidduch? Rebbe, what, what wouldn't I be willing to do in order to get a shidduch? I said to him, I have a special mitzvah. You willing to take it on? <laughs> Rebbe, uh, you want to tell me what it is? I said, no. Be mekabel. Be mekabel the mitzvah. And then I'll tell you. And you sure have the decision. He said, okay. I said, okay. I'm going to tell you which mitzvah it is. And I told him. He took that mitzvah on so strong Immediately, when he left here, he went to the Svarim store. He wanted to buy Svarim about that mitzvah so that he should do it. Mahadran mina mahadran. He was makabel. Just because I told him something, who am I? I told him to be makabel. He was makabel. He was very serious about it. Well, a few months went down the road. Nothing happened. Okay. However, within the journey of his doing this mitzvah that he was makabal upon himself, he happened to find himself in, in the city in New York. While he was there waiting to do the mitzvah, somebody came into him and struck up a conversation. They asked him, what he does, where his family is, how many children he has. 
And he said, uh, well, I don't want to disappoint you, but I'm not married. You're not married? I want you to know. I have a niece. I think that you would like my niece. I think she would like you. I think it's not a bad idea. They met each other. It did not take too long after all the years for them to get engaged. They didn't want to waste another day and eventually the marriage. The Yid is somebody that was ready to give up. But you can never give up. You got to constantly be there to make sure that you make your hishtadlus. If the most that Yaakov could do was to hold on to the heel, that's what he was required to do. The Yaakov Mem Lois says, you know what happened? Mordechai Yoshev al-Sharamelech. Mordechai went and he sat at the gate of the king. You know what that's like? If I want to visit the President of the United States and I don't have any connections, I want to go talk to the President. Very important. I got some matters I want to discuss with him. So what do I do? Tomorrow, I take the Amtrak. I go to Washington, D.C. I get off of the right station. I take a taxi and I'm able to go across the street from the outside gate of the White House. I can't even go up to the gate because they're going to start questioning me. So I have to stand across the street. <laughs> and uh, I start to say, you know, why I'm standing here? Because I want to go to see the President of the United States. <laughs> you're not going to get to see anybody. Uh, you know, maybe some security guards will come over and ask you what you're doing around there. But to see the President. Mordechai. Mordechai wanted to talk to Achashverosh. What did he do? Shara Melech. He did the same thing I would do if I go to the White House. Elamai. Says the Yalkut Me'am Yotloes. He did the maximum Ishtadlis. If the maximum that he was able to do was to go and to sit at the Shara Melech, that is what he is mechuyev to do. Whatever station we are in life, whether it's Parnasa, whether it's Shirach, whether it's gaining a bracha that we need, whether it's Shalom Bayis, whether it is our children going in the Derech Hashem, whatever it is, I am mechuyev to make my Ishtadlus. Even... If I don't think that that hishtadlus matters, even if I don't think that it's going to accomplish anything at all. Why? Because Hashem says, Pischuli, Kepischo Shomachat. Open for me the eye of the size of a needle. Bani Eftach Lochem. Hashem says, I will open the gates for you. Kepischo Shalolam. Like the opening, the size of a great hall. And there is a, another nusach as well. Do we understand what that means? What is the size of the eye of a needle? Did you ever try to thread a needle? If you ever try to thread a needle, even you got a magnifying glass with the needle, with the thread, it's very difficult unless you have the mahalach. That is pretty small. Hashem says that's all I need you to do. I don't need you to make any major efforts what I need you to do is to make the opening, is not to give up. It's to do something you think is so small and so insignificant that you don't even understand 
how that could ever help. This is the idea of making our own hishtadlus. Our entire lives are here for us to make hishtadlus. Hishtadlus in everything that we do. All we have to do is try. I want you to know that there was a extremely great need and it happened to be that uh, I was in Czechoslovakia and I needed to go to the Balkans. They had requested that I come. It was at a time when there was unrest and there was a lot of wars going on and the community begged me to come. I wanted to go even though it was somewhat dangerous. There was a person that had helped me greatly just to make some of the physical arrangements. And to Rebelias Ralman, Zulgazunzain and Stark, he did a lot. But I needed to get a visa. I needed to get a visa. I went to the visa office in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> and I stood there. The woman said behind the window, the person that is in charge, the individual that's the captain of our office, needs to give you permission. So I waited for him. I waited an hour. I waited two hours. I waited three hours. Finally, Vayavoy Melacha Kovod, he comes in. She tells him something. He goes in the back office, ignores me completely. I went over to her and I said, did you explain that I would like a visa? He said, she just wait outside. <laughs> I couldn't even wait in the office anymore. They told me to wait outside. I went outside. It was a little bit cold. <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> And I'm standing there. I waited the whole day. Didn't give me anything. I went back in at the end of the day. They were closing. I said, uh, what's the chances that I can still get the visa? Oh, not today. You can't get it. Next day, I was going to give up. Honestly, the Yid needed me, but how many hours am I supposed to wait just standing there? The next day, I went back. (laughs) Same thing repeated itself. I went to her. She told me she'll tell him. The guy came straight past me, didn't look at me. It was already nearing the time when either I have to fly back to New York or I get my flight and I'm able to go to Sarajevo. It happened to be that five minutes before closing time, the man comes out starts to ask me if I would do him a favor. I said, I'll do anything for you, my good friend. Tell me. He said, would you go and tell, there was a certain minister in the government, would you tell that minister that I'm doing a good job? I laughed to myself. I thought, good job, you're doing an excellent job. I said, of course I would. What's the question? He said, come back, come back with me. Within 10 minutes, I had a visa official stamped from him. 
He gave to me my mission that I should please go to that minister and put in a good word for him. The truth is, I had no idea who the minister was. I never heard of him before. How this man thought that I could put in a good word or who he thought I was, I have no idea. I got my visa, I went to the airport, and I landed in that country. The most interesting thing in the world is, I did. I had to keep my word. I promised someone, you have to make your words. I went to that minister, and I put in a word for that person in the visa office for that captain. The minister thanked me very much. He also gave to me a beautiful gift. And I thought to myself, if I would have gone two or three minutes earlier, if I would have given up, if after the first day I would have said, who needs this? I made my ishtadlis. I stood out there for a day. Because I went that time, I established a connection with the Yidin and the communities all over. And for many, many months, we kept in very close kesher. I tried. I tried, and that time I succeeded. It's not me. It's anybody. Keep trying. Don't give up. Always remember. Peacefully, just open the eye of a needle that size. Hashem Yisbarach will open great gates in Shemayim for you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.